Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's episode of Kick Some Glass, I'm teaching you how to craft an elevator pitch that won't make you feel awkward or arrogant. I share some news about women in Saudi Arabia, and I help some listeners with their job offer dilemmas. Hello, glass clickers, and welcome to episode eight of the Kick Some Glass Career Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Tammy Banfield, and I am back, finally, I'm back from a mini vacation. I was hosting my mother-in-law and sister-in-law, and we kept pretty busy the whole time they were here. I had a few adult beverages. Um, Okay, I'll be honest, I had a few too many adult beverages, I got in some pool time and I enjoyed a lot of good food. And again, too much, too much good food. My clean eating habits went right out the window. Um, And so that's part of my struggle getting back into things now is trying to get my diet back on track. Um, But I had had some clients already booked and planned for onboarding as before I went on vacation. So I had no choice but to get back on the ball and get back on the ball quick when I came back from vacation. Now, before I jump into talking about your elevator pitch, I want to share a testimonial that I received. I got some more fan mail um, for my free guide, Seven LinkedIn Secrets to Attract Recruiters and Get Hired Fast. And if you want to try out that guide, uh, you can find that free guide on my website, kickglasscareercoaching.com. So here is, it was from Roshni, and here's what Roshni said. She said, Hope you are doing well. I'm writing to let you know how thankful I am for the information you shared. This is amazing, and I truly cherish connecting with you. Keep going. Thanks again. Well, Roshni, I truly cherish connecting with you, too. Thank you so much for that feedback. I love hearing that the free guide is is helping and uh, is propelling, empowering your job search or your career advancement goals. So let me know how things go. I love receiving updates from listeners and clients. Um, I I just love hearing from you. So feel free to reach out anytime. Okay, today I want to talk to you about your elevator pitch. And if you don't know what that is, an elevator pitch is simply how you describe what you do. Um, From the career standpoint, I know it has some different uses or different Um, definitions depending on how you're using it. But for our purposes, this is just about how you talk about yourself in a professional way, how you introduce yourself. So typically we think about these elevator pitches as needing them for networking events, right? When you're 
uh, going to a conference and people are like, hey, what do you do? You need to have an answer. And the reason I really wanted to talk about this is because I find women in particular have a hard time with the elevator pitch. They have a hard time communicating what they do in a way that is both confident and enthusiastic, neither of which is good, right? You, if you are not communicating what you do confidently, people don't have confidence in you and you doing what you do. So if you can't state confidently what it is that you do for a living or how you make a difference, then people won't have confidence that you know what you're doing or that you can make a difference, which, as you can understand, highly detrimental to your career. So if you're job searching or you, you wish to advance your career, you need to be able to talk about what you do in a strong, confident way. One of the things that I find many women do when you ask them what they do for a living, and I am guilty of this too, so I trust me, I am not casting stones here. I am equally guilty of this. It took me a really long time to stop using the word only when I talked about my business or when I talked about my career. I would say, oh, I'm only a resume writer. Oh, I only work from home, I I write resumes, which sounds awful, right? Who wants to hire that girl? Only, only, Uh, or just, women tend to use just, oh, I'm I'm just an admin assistant, oh, you know, I'm I'm just a retail manager. That's, That's not exciting, that makes it sound like we are embarrassed of what we do, it makes us sound like we're not proud of what we do, and it makes us sound not overly competent at what we do. Again, all of which is highly detrimental to our long-term goals. We can't get to where we want to go if we're sounding like we're apologizing or embarrassed of what it is that we do right now. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you ever ask a man, like even at like, think about like a family dinner even, and you see like a relative you haven't seen in a long time, and you ask a man, a male relative, you know, so what are you doing now, or what's new with you? They have no problem, men tend to have no problem at all talking about what they do. They will talk for days, right? They'll be like, oh, well, I am the new sales director for the Northeast region, and last year we had a banner year. We we increase growth by 30%, our profitability is up 7%, and next year is going to be even better. We're launching new products, we're expanding over here, right? We, we've all heard somebody like that. And I think because we've all heard that sort of elevator pitch um, and we felt a little queasy or off-put by it, that we overcompensate uh, to make sure we don't come across that way. So that's why I'm going to give you my formula for an elevator pitch that will not make you feel awkward and will not make you feel arrogant. It won't push you into that, you know, arrogant jerk territory. So it's going to be comfortable for you, but it's going to communicate what you do with confidence in a meaningful and valuable way to your audience, whoever that happens to be. So here it is, here is my elevator pitch formula. 
I am a blank who helps blank with blank. That's it. It really is just that simple. I'm a blank who helps blank with blank. We can all use this formula. We can, no matter what your comfort level is or your distaste for elevator pitches, this is a pretty easy, low-stress entry point for the elevator pitch, okay? I'm a blank who helps blank with blank. All right, I'm going to break this down. We're going to go through this. So the first blank, I am a blank. This first blank is really easy. This is just your job title um, or your position. And if you have, you know, a really long title or really sort of convoluted, crazy title, like say your title is um, you know, director of business development for corporate accounts in Western Canada. You can just shorten it to business development director or, you know, corporate account business development director. Short, shorten it down so it's a little easier for you to, to say. Um, but it's basically just your position, right? It could be like social media marketing specialist, customer experience executive, pharmaceutical account manager, um, sales professional, corporate branding consultant, whatever it is, whatever your position title is, that's the first blank. So I'm a blank. The second blank is who helps blank. So this is just who you help. So this could be either internally or externally, maybe your clients are internal, like in, a, like in human resources, or you have external clients that you help, or customers. This could be if you are very highly involved in the customer experience. Um, maybe who you're impacting is the business itself. So that could be a corporation, a Fortune 500 corporation, this, or it could be a telecommunications provider, uh, a startup company. So it's whoever you have impact on. So when you do your job and you do your job well, who or what benefits? That's who you help. Okay? And the third blank with blank is what you are helping them with. So this is your ultimate goal when you go to work. What is your ultimate goal? At the end of the day, what is it that you want to accomplish, improve, drive, strengthen, what is your ultimate goal or the ultimate impact that you have from doing what it is that you do? Do you drive sales? Do you drive customer acquisition? Do you improve loyalty or customer experiences? Do you support internal groups with technology? Do you support business units with process improvements? Whatever it is that you have the most impact on, that's what you help your client with or your target group with. And I know there's probably many things, right? You probably do a whole lot and your impact is probably very wide reaching in your job. But I want you to sort of cherry pick this. Pick your strength. Pick what you're most proud of. Pick whatever it is that when you talk about it, you naturally get excited. You naturally light up. That's what's going to make your elevator pitch effective, compelling, and comfortable for you if it's something that you're already naturally proud of and could talk about for days. I'm not saying you have to. I don't want you to necessarily ramble on for, for hours, but it should be something that you're really proud to say that you do. 
Okay, so now I'm going to give you, I have a few examples here of the whole thing put together just so you can hear it. And I know, so I wrote, I wrote these and I made them up. So they're going to sound, I don't know, they're going to sound a little probably over polished. But when you're working on this, you know, write it out, work on it, and try and really tweak it so it sounds like you. So it sounds like something that you could just pulled from the top of your mind whenever someone approaches you and asks, asks you, what do you do? But here are, here are the examples. I am a social media marketing specialist who helps small businesses with building their online presence and customer base. I'm a customer experience executive who helps telecommunications companies with implementing quality assurance and staff training programs. I'm a pharmaceutical account manager who helps industry leaders with new product marketing and new product launches. I'm an IT architecture professional who helps startup companies with customized technology solutions to support rapid growth. I'm a corporate branding consultant who helps Fortune 500 companies with customer engagement and loyalty transformations. Okay, so those are some examples. Um, and of course, I really want you to play around with the wording. I really want you to craft this all for yourself so, so it sounds a little less stiff. Like I know these examples that I just read are a little stiff. They're a little overly polished, a little stilted. It might sound odd if someone said that verbatim. Um, but, you know, play around with it. Get a starting point and then tweak it until it sounds comfortable and it sounds like you. It has to sound like you because if it doesn't, you'll never, you're never going to use it, right? And just one quick word of caution here is that, no, it might not sound, it might seem uncomfortable at first, but it's going to seem uncomfortable at first. Okay, so just keep in mind that if you're not used to saying these sorts of things, you're not, if you're not used to using this sort of language or talking about your job and what you do in this sort of way, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to take a few times. And the best way to practice this really is at family get-togethers. Um, because I don't know about your family, <laughs> but my family, I think people ask that question, like, what are you up to? What are you doing these days? Mostly to be polite. Um, I don't think they really care that much about your answer. Um, so that's sort of a good place to practice um, and to try it out. Or get a friend and just be like, hey, if I said this to you, what would you think? How does this sound? Does this sound like me? Um, and, and try out. Try out your elevator pitch on, on some people. Now, for the extra go-getters, for my really high achievers, um, feel free to expand on this and include a recent accomplishment or an ongoing project or something that's happening now that you're excited about at the end of this pitch. So start with this, this basic formula that I'm a blank who helps blank with blank, and then include something else, like that you're working on a current project, or something's coming up, or maybe your company's launching a new product and you're going to have a hand in rolling it out. Feel free to add on just a little extra tidbit um, for just like that little extra value. And uh, let me see if I can, I'm going to try and give you an example here of what that might sound like. Let me go back to, uh, 
Yeah, okay, I'll go to the social media marketing specialist. So we'll start with that, the straightforward elevator pitch. So I'm a social media marketing specialist who helps small businesses with building their online presence and customer base. And then the add-on could be something like, uh, and recently one of my clients reported that he has seen a 50% increase in, in engagement on Facebook, which is really exciting for us because Facebook changed their algorithm yet again, and we've been experimenting with some new things, and I'm really proud that our team has been able to create such a difference for this client. We're really, we're really proud and happy with, with how things are going there. All right, so that's just a little extra, and especially like at a networking event or something, people are going to remember that. Like showing that you had quantifiable impact on a client, that's something that's valuable and that's something that they're going to remember. And you're also going to sound excited, like you love what you do when you're talking about something you're proud to have been a part of. So that's how you're going to craft it. Uh, and if you, want to, if you want to send me your elevator pitch and get some feedback, I'd be more than happy to do that for you. I'll give you some feedback. Email me your pitch at TammyBanfield at gmail.com. Or come join the, the free Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash kick class. Uh, hop in there and uh, feel free to either private message me or post something publicly in the group. And I will, I will give you my feedback. I'm in the group at least once a day, so I will be there for you. But one thing I wanted to add is that the elevator pitch is not just great for networking. It's not just great for in-person interactions. This elevator pitch can be used anywhere you communicate about what you do in a professional way. In any professional way, you can use this elevator pitch almost everywhere. So you can use it on LinkedIn in your summary section. You could even really shorten it up, tighten it up, and put it as your LinkedIn headline. You could use it when you are introducing yourself to connections on LinkedIn. So if you're building your network and you're reaching out to new connections on LinkedIn, you can use your elevator pitch. You can use your elevator pitch in the summary section of your resume. You can use your elevator pitch to kick off your cover letter. You can use your elevator pitch in job interviews. That first question you get when they say, tell me a bit about yourself, they're not asking where you, you know, grew up and how many kids you have. They're asking for your elevator pitch. They want to know professionally how you can help their company. Uh, so this elevator pitch, honestly, it is so versatile. You can use it almost anywhere you talk about your career or in any professional setting or medium. Okay, so that's why it's so important. <laughs> that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because it really can be used everywhere and I want you to get really comfortable with it so that you're not using you know the just and the only and or you're not stumbling your way through talking about what it is you do because it's not going to help you you need to have confidence and excitement when you talk about what you do to other people okay so like I said if you are crafting your own elevator pitch please feel free to email it to me or come over to the group and I will be more than happy to give you feedback. Uh, you can check the show notes for all of my contact information.
Hey, welcome to my new second segment of this show. Um, I'm adding segments to the show, try to break this up a little bit and get a flow going. And so I want to do a segment called Women in the News. So this this podcast, um, I'm going to talk about uh, women in Saudi Arabia. Um, I am always a little... Every time there's news that comes out about like feminist issues from Saudi Arabia, I, I'm always just sort of a little flabbergasted about just how like behind the times they are there. Um, but I'm also equally impressed and happy to see some actual movement in that country for women because Lord knows they need it, right? Um, and I think... The last time I read an article about women's rights in Saudi Arabia was last summer, 2017, because they finally got the right to drive. <laughs> and I was, in 2017, it took until 2017 for women in Saudi Arabia to be allowed to get their license and drive a car. So in equally shocking and baffling news, I guess, on Saturday, March 3rd, the first marathon for women was held. So for the first time, women were allowed to run a race in public by themselves. They were allowed to run down the street in a marathon. Well, they're calling it a marathon, but as an mar- actual ma- like former marathon runner, it wasn't, it wasn't the full 26 miles, um, not that that really matters, but it was like a 3K race, um, and hundreds of women participated. They were still wearing like traditional Islamic attire, which I can't even imagine. I can't imagine running in like full traditional Islamic attire. I would think that would be incredibly restrictive and cumbersome. Um, but the winner, the winner of this 3K race is a 28-year-old graphic designer. And she was interviewed after the race. And she's saying now that she's going to continue training. And she's hoping to represent Saudi Arabia in Tokyo at the 2020 Summer Olympics. So I really, I really hope to see her at the 2020 Olympic Games. I think that would be amazing. And I guess this this race was such a success that they're going they're going to do another one this year on April sixth, and it's going to be held in Mecca. So good news, I guess, for the women in Saudi Arabia. Some progress is happening. They can they can drive and now they can run. Let's get to our third and final segment of today's podcast. We're going to do question and answer time. This week, I received two questions about handling job offers, which is great news, right? I I know I talked on the last podcast about how tough Q1 has been this year for for job searchers. It has been incredibly competitive this first quarter of 2018. So when I'm getting questions about how to handle or field a job offer, 
I think that's great news. That's highly encouraging. So first of all, congratulations, guys, on getting some job offers. Great job. It means you're rocking your search, right? Perfect. So, and while I know it's amazing news to get a job offer, sometimes it's not all, you know, rainbows and unicorns, right? You celebrate for a second and then you're like, oh, crap, now what? Um, maybe there are some circumstances surrounding the offer. You're really not sure where to go from here. Um, and so I had two questions come in about this where they're not entirely sure how to proceed. So I am going to help you out. Um, so here we go. Here is the first. So the first question um, actually came from a client. And she said, thank you for your work on my resume. After months of searching with no results while unemployed, I'm finally getting interviews. Woo-hoo. In fact, I've had four in the last couple of weeks. Ah, <laughs> the impact and effect of having a well-written resume, it works, people. As she says, I was recently offered a job. It's an okay position with an okay salary, but I've had a couple interviews for another position that seems much better. I feel confident that the process is going well. I don't want to accept the first offer only to leave that job if my more preferred position comes through. I'm struggling with the ethics of this. What should I do? All right, this one one is a little sticky and I completely understand the dilemma. And this happens all the time, so you are not alone. You know, when you're engaged in a job search, this tends to happen, you know, you might be like, Everything seems slow, not much is happening right away, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 you are like in the hiring process or within the screening and interviewing process with more than one company. And of course, you're going to have a preferred option of, of you know all of those different interviews or all of those different companies who are interested in you. You're going to have, naturally, you're going to have a preferred option. Um, so sometimes it can be really tempting to hold out or delay or stall on other hiring processes um, for that preferred position. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to answer this this way, and I'm going to tell uh, a little story. And um, I, think, <laughs> I think this story um, is going to make my editor, producer, Colin Farty, uh, podcast genius, Colin Farty, it's going to make him laugh because I'm a sports girl, but I know nothing about basketball, and I'm going to try and answer this question using a basketball example. Um, I am, <laughs> all right, so here we go. I'm going to try. Okay, uh, so I'm going to use LeBron James as the example for this. Just bear, just bear with me. I promise I, I'm getting to a good point here. Okay, so in 2010, LeBron James decided to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and sign with the Miami Heat, which is, I guess, it was a larger market team. Uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. My basketball ignorance is going to shine right through here. Um, okay, so he moved from Cleveland to Miami, and by, in doing so, he kind of ticked a lot of people off, I guess, especially in Cleveland, where they had sort of nurtured his career and helped propel him to superstardom, and then it was seen as a complete betrayal that he went to Miami. 
So the decision was extremely controversial that he did this. And his response to making that decision was also controversial in a way. It kicked up a bit of a media storm because here's what he said, and I'm going to read this. This is verbatim. This is exactly what LeBron James said. I wanted to do what's best for LeBron James and do what makes LeBron James happy. Yeah, you heard that right. He talked about himself in the third person, right? That would be like me saying, I want to do what's best for Tammy Banfield, and I want to do what makes Tammy Banfield happy. So that's what he did. He, he referred to himself in the third person. And so some people were like, he's completely lost touch with reality. He's lost his mind. Other people were like, oh, well, he's you know, a media genius, and this is for publicity. Um, but another way to look at this, you know, from a psychotherapist or a, you know, decision maker expert point of view, what he was doing was actually genius. If he came to that decision thinking about it like that, like I'm going to do what's best for LeBron James, if that's how he, if that's how he approached making this decision, that's exactly what experts would recommend that you do you want to create that third person kind of distance from a decision like that. So because it helps get rid of the emotion, right? So if you're saying that you're struggling with the ethics or the morality or you're struggling with feeling guilty about making a decision that's best for you, then you're not going to be making the decision that's best for you, right? We want to remove the emotion from that decision. So what is best for you? If you've been unemployed for a while and you're feeling financial distress, then taking that first job offer right now and starting to make some money is probably what's best for you. Then, and I'm not saying you need to stop your job search as soon as you get that, you know, as soon as you accept that first offer, you don't need to stop searching. You can keep searching if that job that you first accepted is not your ideal or dream job, yes, you can keep searching because that's what's best for you. If your more preferred position comes through, and remember, there's no guarantee that that will come through, but if it does come through and that will make you happy, if that's a better choice for you, then you take it. And you do your best to mitigate the damage and try your best not to completely burn the bridge on your way out. But if that's what's best for you, then that's what you should do. And I'll say this as well. I know from working with clients for years and years and years that the clients who make career decisions while they have a job, like from a place of financial security and peace, they make the better career decisions. Usually things start to go a little sideways when people make career decisions from a place of desperation. So it might be easier for you to really evaluate additional offers once you're already in a job, right? Once you're already in a job, you're feeling a little less stress, you're a little less worried about how you're going to make financial commitments. When you're in that position, you can better assess and evaluate any future offers that come in. 
and decide whether or not if that's best for you and if those offers will really make you happy and if they really make sense for your career trajectory. And, you know, it's, I would never recommend declining an offer in the hopes of another offer because I have seen this too many times before where people are like, I want this job, but I think this other job might be better, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to decline and I'm going to wait. And even though they went through interviews, multiple interviews, even though they felt like an offer was like 12 hours away, sometimes those jobs fall through. Sometimes people get to the very end. They say, okay, well, we thank you for all of the interviews. We'll have a decision for you in a couple of days. And then in a couple of days, they get a phone call saying, you know what, we've decided to just hire someone internally, but thank you for your time. You never know what's going to happen. You can't bank on the unknown happening. So in this instance, Distance yourself from the decision. Think about it objectively. Take the emotion out of it. And don't feel guilty for doing what's best for you and doing what will make you happy now. Okay? I hope that's helpful for, to you, helpful for you. Um, but I just don't, you know, I know that having been through a stretch of unemployment can be incredibly stressful. So I think anything that you can do now to remove some of that stress is gonna be beneficial for you. Okay, question number two. I recently received a conditional offer for a new job. The start date is relatively soon. Should I tell my current employer right away? Okay, so this one is a little simpler for me uh, because the answer is no. No, you have a conditional offer, not a solid finalized offer. And again, sort of how I was saying at the end of my last answer, how you never know what's going to happen. Things can fall apart unexpectedly at the very last minute. You don't want to leave yourself completely exposed and stranded. You do not want to quit a job before you are sure you have a new job. And I understand also that what your apprehension is here is that it sounds like you may have less than the standard two weeks notice to give. So here's what you could do. You could first try to negotiate um, because this is a conditional offer, right? It's not finalized. Try to negotiate your start date if that's possible. Try to negotiate a longer start date and you can give your reason. You can say, listen, I really want to give my current employer two weeks notice. I mean, that shows a good thing, right? Because they don't want to think you're an employee who will just cut and run uh, from them. If you know, They want to make sure that you are the kind of employee who would give them two weeks notice if you ever left. Um, so they may be willing to do that. If the start date is inflexible because of some sort of training or assignment that they need you to like get on right away, um, I would still wait until you have your finalized offer, right? So usually with conditional offers, you know, they're waiting on background checks or reference checks or something like that. Absolutely wait until you have that finalized agreement before you go to your current boss. As soon though, as very soon as you have it and you've signed it and you're ready to go, then have that conversation with your boss. 
you are going to tell her, you know, just as you would if you were resigning with normal notice, all the good things, you know, that you enjoyed working there, you, but you've been presented with this new opportunity, this new challenge, you're going to take it. And say to her, you know, my start date is this. I know this puts us in a bit of a bind, and I am willing to do whatever I need to do to make this transition as seamless as possible. And have a plan. So maybe if you need to train or cross-train some other employees to help take over some of your duties in the meantime, um, you know, make a plan to do that and tell your boss, tell her that's your plan. Um, If you know someone else who can cover or fill in, um, have that all ready to go so that your boss doesn't feel like you're just, you know, leaving her in a lurch. Um, So as much as you can to plan and prepare and help them, Um, transition you out of the company, do that. But no, don't don't tell your boss you have a conditional offer um, because then you might be without two jobs. Uh, So just wait until you have that finalized offer. If you can't, if you can, try and negotiate a later start date so you can give the proper two weeks. Uh, But if you can't, create a plan that is going to make your transition as seamless as possible for your boss. Okay, that is everything. We are done. That is it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for sending in your questions. If you have a question for me, I would love to answer it. So you can email me, TammyBanfield at gmail.com uh, anytime. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. Um, you can find more information and see back po- like back or previous podcasts um, are also up on my website, and that is kickglasscareercoaching.com. Uh, also, come over to the Facebook group. We have fun over there. Uh, and again, you can access the free Facebook group, um, which is designed specifically for women who want to advance their career and network with other professionals. Uh, so the Facebook group is at facebook.com slash groups slash kick glass. Alrighty, glass kickers, that's it for me. Thank you so much. I'll be back in two weeks, I think, hopefully. And uh, go kick some glass. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.